It's not getting it, getting it. Welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times with Good People Company proudly presents the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Good. Now that you've received your invitation, join us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke. Tell a friend, and welcome to the party. And I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let's introduce today's panel. We, of course, we have our returning champion, uh, Chris O'Connor. Uh, do we want to say... Sure. Uh, he is uh, no longer, <laughs> well, as a, of well, as of tomorrow, uh, a co-owner of Liquid Nine Broadcast Media, uh, but you do have holding still. Yeah, I'll still be in, involved in the investment business and the TV business, but just not the Not the advertising. All right. Uh, uh, we have uh, Brian Massey, our uh, resident Brian Massey. He's the market analyst for True Media. Uh, joining us again, uh, Mark Kulik. He is uh, with Vesta Realty Partners. He is the managing partner. And of course, the anonymous female, because she doesn't want you to know her name. And today's show, episode 47, Shut Up and Take the W. Uh, and I, it hit me one day. I was watching, uh, watching you know, the Trump show. And, and it hit me that why isn't he just taking the win? Just take the win and be happy. You know, like, I don't understand, like, why he's arguing what he's already won. Like, at this point, just, you won. There are going to be people who are going to argue with you. But you already have the job. You don't have to argue back. You just do the job. Um... Uh, and the thing that got me thinking that was uh, actually not the first thing on uh, on our list, but it's definitely on the list. And that is uh, when he did the rally uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and it was like a full campaign style rally, we, saying that, that he was yes. running for twenty twenty, mm-hmm. when you literally just got this job. But that's exactly what it was, and he said that. Yeah, that I'm was like, the kickoff of his twenty twenty campaign. I'm like, and it, yeah. which is so ridiculous. Just shut up and take the W. Like I don't well, understand. I feel like it's like shut up and actually do your job at this point. That well, you that 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 I think is implied in the take the W. Huh, but yeah. before we jump into it, I want to uh, do as we always do. Um, our, 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 our R.I.P.'s, uh, first, uh, actor, Bill Paxson, he, of course, was, uh, in several things, um, some, uh, some of which, of course, Aliens, uh, one of the Predator movies, True Lies, Apollo 13, and probably, uh, most notably, Twister, um, that a lot of people remember him from, uh, on top of, uh, television shows, um, uh, like Big Love that we were uh, actually just talking about before we started the show, and uh, and and R.I.P. to uh, Judge Joseph Wapner, ding ding ding, the People's Court. Uh, uh, he passed away at 97, so he was a ripe old age, and I'm sure not broke to boot. <laughs> I still what happened. Wonder what happened to Rusty the Bailiff. I forgot about Rusty the Bailiff. That is funny. Uh, but before we get started uh, with 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 more uh, more Trump talk, um, 
I want to start with uh, a couple things. One, uh, and the Oscar goes to... Well, Did uh, you see that last night? Oh, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> not La La Land. So, uh, not La La Land, exactly. So, uh, we're sitting there, we're watching the show. It's actually a pretty decent show. We were both thinking, actually... Uh, actually, Kimmel's doing a pretty good job. I can, see, I can see him getting asked back to do this a few times. I think he may be on track to uh, to uh, to pull a Billy Crystal because uh, he because I really did think he his his sense of humor was right for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to the very end, and somebody's getting fired. So <laughs> somebody handed. Uh, somebody handed a card that should have been discarded to, uh, let's just be real, uh, to old people <laughs> who, who didn't quite know how to handle the fact <laughs> that they knew they had the wrong card <laughs> when they were on the stage. Because uh, in my thought, and <laughs> maybe everybody else could chat in, um, you look down, you open the card, you look down at the card, you go, uh, I know this is live TV, ladies and gentlemen, but excuse me. I think you guys gave me the wrong card. You know, like, of course, it, people in the audience would have, <gasps> but not to the point of you announcing a winner. They come up to start their acceptance speech, and then somebody runs out from backstage with the actual card. <laughs> and, and you so have this to. This is why you don't brag, because like a couple days before, the Pricewaterhouse Coopers guy was like, "We always do a great job, and we have such a good relationship with the Academy, and blah blah blah." And then you totally. I tell you what, it does it give me a little faith in them. And I've always felt horrendously bad for her for years, but people always said that Marissa Tomei never actually won her Academy Award. That it was, they read the wrong name, and she got an Oscar just by complete bullshit because they read their wrong name. Uh, and this gives me a little bit of faith that no, they actually would have admitted yeah, and yeah. fixed the problem pretty quickly. Yeah, 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 uh, absolutely. You know, so uh, yeah. I do like that aspect of because I really like Marissa Tomei and think she's great, but... It was from my cousin Vinny, for God's sake. I know. So it does make you wonder a little bit what they're thinking. I'll, I'll, that was a fantastic movie. I, don't know I love you. the movie, but I mean, Academy yeah, Award. Yeah, I mean, let tell sure. you how far we've come in the, in the um, Oscar yeah, exactly. arena of awards. For All kidding aside, she was exceptional in that role. She was okay. great. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. She did a very good job with it. Yeah, it's just, it's just such an unlikely movie for anybody to get an Oscar for. I mean, are you beating... Jessica Tandy and Meryl Streep for my cousin Vinny. <laughs> I don't really know, but I didn't love the movie. <laughs> oh man, that uh, and 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 I was female was saying, you know, it's you you feel you feel bad for the for La La Land because they came up to accept an award and realized they had to give it away. But you kind of feel worse for the cast of Moonlight because, you know, they can't fully enjoy this moment because well, it's can't. getting snatched out of the hands of somebody else. They, yeah, they still can't. And they were talking about that this morning on Good Morning America. You know, Robin Roberts was like, I feel horrible for them because we're still talking about the incident and not that they won. And it was a huge milestone. It was the... First LGBT movie ever. Well, now this is what's funny. So it's the f- first movie about 
uh, anything to do with LBLGBT that has won for Best Picture. I may be the first one to win an Oscar. I'm not sure. It, but, they said that this morning it was. But uh, I think the other uh, significant thing is I can't remember, and maybe our, our table historian can, I can't remember a black movie winning Best Picture. Well, Ever. Sure. Didn't uh, the one with Sidney Poitier win uh, Best Picture? Um, well, there's been people with, uh, with, with black the, actors. He was the main actor. This cast was well, almost this is almost You're saying exclusively Yeah, yeah this is yes. almost well, an exclusively... Like, like a Spike Lee type of film? Or well, this is... Well, Moonlight well, is an almost exclusively black cast. Sure. And it was, not, not that it was a black film, but it, just the fact that it was an almost exclusively black cast um, gave, me, gave me a little like, oh, wow, I... I I don't think I've ever seen this before. Has Spike Lee ever won a Best Picture? No, no. I don't think he has. I don't even think, think he's, he's been nominated. Oh, he's been nominated. So has he been nominated? Okay. Oh, uh, 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 and he's been nominated for various things, but I don't remember what they are. But I thought maybe a couple. I think he was nominated. I think he was nominated for the right thing. I think it might have been the right thing. Oscar nominations. I thought as well. You had a look on your face when I said it was the first LGBT. There have been movies about. Gay rights right. and gay men, absolutely, but and not so, LGBT. That, that's all. That's all. Yeah. That's what was giving me pause for yeah. that. I mean, I think yes, it's a great accomplishment. It's one more nice step in the mm-hmm. world. I don't know why. Like, here's I guess here's my problem. Like, uh, without having seen the movie, so I'll make that full disclaimer in advance. Uh, I sometimes feel like cause movies win because of the cause not because of the filmmaking and the film itself and so I don't I haven't seen it so I'm not saying that's the case here I am saying that there are movies who were under deserving to win but won because they were cause movies and I will throw out Schindler's List as a classic example of one that was not a great film not particularly Mm -hmm. well made but dealt with such a cause that needed to be dealt with um, and but I don't think it was nearly the best movie that I've ever seen about the Holocaust and the the struggle that Jewish people had during World War II. I just think Steven Spielberg did it. It was a big blockbuster, but it wasn't. I I did not think it was his best storytelling, nor did I think it was his best filmmaking. To be perfectly honest, but you have to think right. about. Wait, your hold on. I, I I need to I need to jump in here real quick because we actually have a Jewish person at the table. Huh. <laughs> what do you think? About <laughs> um, so actually also coming from somebody who went to the movies almost every week this past year mm-hmm. um, I, I Chris I hear what you're saying on the cause movies but Moonlight was not a cause movie and I was, was going to say I didn't think was, it was I made it was, the disclaimer that I had yeah, no I hear you so, on that uh, so just to say from somebody who, who would call it that if I felt like it was Moonlight was an exceptional movie it was an exceptional movie that was very very well done and I think a very moving depiction of, of and I would I would like to focus on it less as less on his sexuality, less on all of those other factors, but just the development of a young man and how it's a coming of age. Yeah, yeah, it was just fascinating. That doesn't take away from the fact that I loved La La Land, loved that movie. It was great, but just to say, I think I think there were any there were several movies that could have deserved Best Picture this year, and I'm happy that Moonlight won. Uh, to your point about, you know, cause movies, though, yeah, I, I 100% agree. You know, Schindler's List is, is not the most moving depiction of the Holocaust. It's not the best directed film that you've ever seen. 
but it kind of hit the right place, the right time. I thought it was the right subject movie, matter, not the best well, movie. Yeah, important. but yeah. that's what, that's what I was going to say. Different. You have to think about what else came out that year. Not was it the best, you know, that type of movie ever. I mean, it's going up against what you know. Sure, but I think so often, like you miss so many. And and one reason I am glad, like a Moonlight, doing just not to play devil's advocate and flip sides on some, but I love it when. Uh, independent films win mm-hmm. or when smaller features win mm-hmm. and those kinds of things because it makes you think that actually they're paying attention to the craft and that's being uh, well and I think time, when I Schindler's like. List came out that wasn't the case I think it, it, it was it, Steven Spielberg made evolved, an important movie and it still yeah. has a long way to go but they are evolving in the way that they choose Sure. Yeah. You know, the I mean, how everything. often was it that just because Meryl Streep was in a movie, she was nominated for an award? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. she never was not nominated for an award just because she put out a movie. I know. Like, I, I think they it. said this year was her 20th like nomination. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just sometimes at some point it's a little bit of nonsense. I'm like, I get that you're a good actress. Congratulations. You're not always one of the top five best actresses of the year. Yeah, so she, it's just, it gets a little silly. She's what just I, always going to get it. She's what I didn't, yes. What I didn't understand was. I mean, I know we're getting off topic, but I didn't understand why Viola Davis wasn't in the Best Actress. There was no other female yeah, other in than the a, movie. a little girl for very short For scenes. like a half an hour. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah. how is that? Why was that a supporting actress and not a... There are rules about this, actually. And mm. a certain amount of it depends on screen time and your billing and those kinds of things and what you agreed to in advance. So, you can be the only female in the movie but not be carrying the movie. You know what? It, it, oh, so, since Denzel is carrying the movie. Well, it's kind of weird, you, though, because it, have it you seen it? It doesn't always have to be... No, I haven't yet. There doesn't always have to be a best... A, a lead actor and lead actress in every single movie. You know? I mean, yeah. You can have a movie just with all dudes in it and what are you going to do? Make... You show a scene of a woman. It just seemed odd because (laughs) I honestly, I feel like, no, I guess not. I guess there were times when he was outside by himself. Yeah, and that's a movie I'm dying to see. It was Oh, yeah, Fences uh, was amazing. Well, don't go in it thinking you're going to feel good when you leave it. Yeah, that's that's, that's, (laughs) that's, that's for sure, but it was was a great year for movies. I mean, from Manchester by the Sea, and that was just phenomenal. Yeah, there were millions. Did you see it? I. We didn't get to see Moonlight yeah. because every time we went, we looked to see it. They had such limited show mm-hmm. times here, yeah. and they were movies. like one or one or two times a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was like eleven o'clock at night, and then it was gone. Then we were like, okay, for you knew it wasn't going to be a blockbuster. So if you're a theater chain, yeah, you, you are going to relegate it to your smallest theater. But that was that was poor poor choice for them because it was Moonlight. And I do think, because it happens a lot after the Oscars, movies that had limited releases will get wide releases, at least for a short amount of time. Well, that's when you put out a movie on December 31st, just so you qualify for that year's Oscars. You know, mm-hmm. Then you yank it out for a little bit, and then you go into wide release afterwards. That happens all the time. We opened it in New York and L.A. So well, yeah, look, yeah, at, yeah. Um, look at what Avatar did. It, it, it opened, what? Like the 15th, 16th of December. Yeah. And then it was out for like, what, six months mm. at the movies? I, I can't remember. I've never the seen last a movie time. be at the yeah. movies that long. Then Star Wars. It, then well, it, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. Like but recent different, Star Wars? Different, different day and different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, 
but then they took it out and then they put it back in when they released it on um, on, on DVD. DVD. They put it back out at the movies. I know. I thought that was weird. Yeah, they made a ton of money. But they do it constantly. Yeah. And it's not about the message. I mean, I think that's the other thing. It's not about the message of getting some of these movies out. Movies out to the theaters. It's about what's going to make the most money. Yeah. I have to admit though that there are some movies. Right. Mm -hmm. There are some movies that are just better on a big screen. They're just better. Yeah. You know, you so, just don't get, the if, you, if the first time you see it is at home on your TV, you're probably not going to understand what the big deal was. I'm sitting five feet away from my 80-inch television with my surround sound speakers, and the light is the way I like it, and I'm eating good food that I like and enjoy. I'm telling you. And there's no screaming kids, and there's nobody talking and playing on their phones. I, I, I honestly okay think Avatar too. was the first movie in a long time I went to that I was just like, you have to see this in the movies. But all I heard the, Movie Night at Christmas. Yeah, uh, actually, right. yeah, I heard that. that I, did hear that. I did hear that. I did hear that. I did hear Movie Night He's at Christmas. Awesome so that's why, too. But Chris, that's why you go to Alamo Draft House. Sure. Yeah, you, you yeah. do limit those those interruptions. Yep. And there is something to be said for the experience of going to a theater. And I actually noticed it. So I'm a huge opera fan. And I, wow, really? yeah, it's a weird cool, passion. That's awesome. No, I got yeah. the uh, I got the gumption. I was like, you know what, I. I, I want, there are some things I haven't seen that I wanted to see, and especially this year, I'm going to Houston to see the third of the Ring Cycle operas, Gatardamaran. So I thought, okay, I need to start at the first, and I'm going to rent it. And I've got to tell you, renting an opera and watching it at your home, and I have a nice mm -hmm. TV with, with, with sure, a decent sure, sound sure, system, sure. nothing can replace the actual presence of being in a theater, and it's not as powerful at the movies as it is at the opera, but it, you're still, there's still a little factor of... Sure. Yeah, just the scale, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, there was a point in time, and I, I was with you, like, I felt like going to the theater gave me extra wow factor and, and all those kinds of things. And then I just really got annoyed by, oh, I need to go and be there when you tell me I need to be there. Yeah. You're outpricing yourself now. Uh, it's getting, starting to be super expensive and a little ridiculous. And you can't tell these kids to shut the hell up because there's talking over the whole damn movie, which drives me bananas. <laughs> like, I have a golden rule at home. I'm like, yeah, whoever I'm watching the movie with, I am so fair and free with your commentary. You say whatever you want. Just say, hey, can you pause real quick? Beep. I will pause. <laughs> and then you can talk. Because chicks are the worst. They just want to start talking. And they will talk over Asking like questions insane and, stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Did you just do say Do not ask me yes. what just happened. <laughs> yes, what, what did he say? Oh my God. Are we not watching the same movie at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that. No, you don't. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, does not I do that. But trust me, I have been on dates where half the movie is me trying to answer questions about something that we're both seeing for the first time. Yeah, no. It's I'll like, tell you what's gonna happen what's gonna happen next? I, I, I literally do not know. I will tell you what, what I'm talking about. Start talking about dinner. No, 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 no. Are you there are times when there are times when I've been like Mario's like, what? And I'm like, I don't know, you were talking. Or vice versa. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, can you please rewind that? <laughs> but I'm horrible about, we've seen a movie 50 times, and I'm like, did she just say blah, blah, blah? <laughs> He's like, like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm It's like when about. you're on song lyrics, but you've heard the song your whole life, and you're like, the one time you decipher what they really said, you're like, damn, I've been 
and singing this wrong. Oh, that happens all oh, yeah. the time. Yeah. We, all the time. Well, you, Mario, Semi-charmed semi life. Now we're way, we're way in left Mario, field now. Yeah. Mario gets a kick out of me. Look at the word, it's a semi-charmed life, and you'll never think of the 90s the same. That's yeah. Yeah. He, Sorry, he gets a kick out no, of me. No, you're good, you're good. Doing that. Uh, Do we get back on that? We get okay. Uh, we're reeling. We're reeling. We're reeling. All right. So, uh, so to switch up considerably. Yeah, to switch up considerably. Uh, yeah. Considerably. Um, the anonymous female's mother asked her a question, and I think in the moment, the answer to the question was maybe a premature answer because. Of what my next thing on my list is, what in the hell is going on with all the Jewish center and cemetery attacks? It's I, I there's always been some weird anti-Semitism thing floating around, and I recognize that it's always, but it's it, like here recently, and since and I and once again since Trump got elected, I, I don't understand wh wh why. Let's be fair that the Jewish community center was shot up under Three. Obama. Yeah, 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 no. So there, well, there's always I, been uh, acts of anti-Semitism, which I feel are horrible. My question, and this is what I would love to know uh, what you think about this too, is do you feel like they're just being more reported now? Or that there actually are more incidents? Or is it a combination of both? And we're finally starting to focus on something that matters? It's a divide. I mean, everybody is a divide. My response to my mom was, it's because of things, in my opinion, it was because of some things that Trump said during the mm. um, campaign. campaign. And him being kind of hateful in his speech anyway gives people... It was kind of like when we talked about how racist people all of a sudden felt like they could say whatever they wanted to say about Obama when he became elected. It okay. kind of go, It's kind of along that line of, well, he thinks it's okay for him to say it, so I'm going to start being open about it. But is it so not strange that I, we have a better relationship with Israel, strangely, under Trump than we ever do with Obama? Obama and, and Israel did not have a so, good relationship, but which I, is a little I, awkward. So, Trump is... For all of Trump's fault, and, and, and we've had, you know, we've, I'm sure there are plenty more conversations to come about that. Sure. I think Trump has the capability of being, the, for, for Israel, one of the better presidents in the history of, of the United States in their relationship with Israel since, since its inception. Um, so I, do, I, I, shudder to, I, sh I shudder to say, I, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let the anonymous female continue what she was going to say. I just wanted to say that, yeah, yeah. I, that I think Trump's been great to Israel. Um, and then we'll well, share I, I my guess, thoughts. But I don't, I, it's not, it's not, um, I'm not saying he necessarily said anything bad about Jewish people. It's his, it's the way he talks about whoever he wants to talk about. So people feel like. I don't like you, so I'm going to start talking Just about you. Just what people would call minorities in general. Right, like, right, right. right. Up a and, right. I and you. then you've got these groups where I'm sure in certain areas they're more populated than others. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm like, it's. she goes, well, they've always targeted Jewish people. Yes, but it's more so now. It's minorities yeah, as, uh, a as a whole. So I was, I was kind of talking about, a little bit about this, too. Um <clears throat> I said, you know, some of the frustrations, and I don't know this for a fact, I don't, I don't know the numbers behind it, but it feels, though, it would be a possibility with the way that Trump approaches things. You know, Aren't you like, a 
Okay, real quick. Let's take a let's take a sidebar then, because real quick, I just I just Google. I said hate crime statistics since Trump. But these these would be reported hate crime statistics. Right. Okay. You know that hate crime legislation is actually relatively new too. So you keep so it is interesting. Regardless of that, I didn't even get to the data. The top two the top two posts. One is from the New York Observer. Says report. it says, huge spike in hate crime since Donald Trump election. The second one's from USA Today says, hate crime activity has declined since election. But the Observer, yeah. is that even like a real r- reputable I, I don't know. news yeah. source? What, we, but, but my what point is, is reputable this point. USA Today is either. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. But that, I mean, that's kind of my point is... Can't, it's hard to find out. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to find information. Yeah, I, I don't feel like they're being reported more because they've been. I, I I think I know what you're saying by that. Like kidnappings have happened as long as there have been children. Sure. But as media has gotten more advanced, we hear about them faster, and we know it just seems like all of a sudden it's happening all the time when it was happening all the time before. I think that there's a very valid case to be made, and I would take. Uh, Rape as a as a classic example, which I view as one of the most horrific crimes in the world, and a massive act of violence on whoever it's being perpetrated on. And for generations, uh, it was considered taboo to even discuss it, talk about it. A lot mm-hmm. of times, women were made to feel at fault because of it. Uh, and then you started to get past, and you saw an increase. What they would say, an increase in the number of reported incidents. That doesn't mean that rape all of a sudden went on the increase on their eyes. It meant that it was just finally being reported and yeah. acted on, which Here's, is great. I think back I mean, to your original question, though. I think shot. it's both. I think it's a little of both. Here's, I think people feel more emboldened, and it's being reported more. Yeah. Well, Here's the thing. Oh, wait, before okay, before sure, you start, let me, just, let me just say this. I just pulled two things from NPR, just real quick before we started the show. Um, one was talking about... Um, Headstones at a Jewish cemetery being vandalized mm-hmm. in Philly, uh, and the other was um, there were bomb threats made to Jewish centers uh, mm-hmm. in eleven states, and this is all just stuff that, that happened this week. On President's Day, wasn't it? Or it was on the same day. It happened. Yeah, all of yeah, yeah, happened yeah. On the exact same. So, day. and that's and that's what got me. Like, okay, wait, what is going on? Because yes, you've always heard of something uh, anti-Semitic and. Uh, and I've always, you know, felt the same way about about it. You know, it, it's it's horrible. It shouldn't be happening. Uh, the people who are doing this should be caught. And uh, and as I say, bust up to the head. Um, <laughs> but um, I go a little further. Than that, <laughs> but um, it just seems like, you know, this almost feels organized. Like like because it's all happening in a concentrated matter of weeks that you know we're hearing this much activity and that's what made me okay but so Mark. wasn't this month at some point this month was holocaust remembrance day yeah, holocaust yeah. yeah. was that the third or the it tenth was really or? early in the month uh, you have to excuse me yeah, the jewish the jewish holidays move around so much because it's based on a lunar calendar and it's hard to keep track every a year on the dates, but and you have a lot of holidays. My, my general feeling is, are a few things. First of all, coming off of last week where we discussed Emmett, Emmett Till, mm-hmm. and it was one that I wasn't familiar with. One of the things I think is that for years, these really the, the, the really 
awful things that have been done to, to all sorts of communities that differ from the norm um, has been horrible, and, and it's underreported. So I'm part of the Jewish community, and I'm aware of a lot more instances that probably people who aren't part of that community are. For instance, um, I went to school at Heimer Brand Hebrew Academy, which is attached to the Jewish Community Center in Oakland Park. And I remember very vividly, about second grade, they started having armed security guards at each entrance to the school. Mm-hmm. So when you start saying, when we start talking about bomb threats into schools um, and into the community centers, that's it's not it's not it's not as new as we'd like to think it is mm-hmm. because they were we were already responding to that um, in circa nineteen ninety three ninety four. But is it on the rise? Do you think? Um, I think copycat incidents are the biggest problem. I don't think it's Trump. I think it's somebody does something, and somebody, some idiot does something, and then other idiots who are watching the news <coughs> say, oh, geez, that's, this, is what, this is what we should do. And it's, it's, almost, it's, it's something that in high school debate circles was referred to as disaster porn. Mm-hmm. People, you, yes, you hit the one side of people that read the news and are horrified by these things, but you get the other side of people that are almost entranced in some sort of pornographic state into what they're seeing on the news and think, and it gives them ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's actually the double-edged sword of having a media that is, I'm so happy that these things are being reported because finally this is coming to, to, the, to, the, light, to, to the surface more than, it, more than it has, and I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's disgusting that, that, that Mario brings up Emmett Till last week. I don't know what the hell happened, just as I think it's disgusting that people are, are unaware of, of the Jewish Community Center being shot sure. up three years ago. Um, but I don't, fe- I, I don't feel any less safe in America today than I, than I ever had before. Um, and, and Did you ever feel unsafe? You know, feeling unsafe, I think, is a matter, is a matter of speaking. You certainly, especially because the... Unsafe I, just because of your religion. Well, I, I, I affiliate most highly with the Chabad organization. I mm-hmm. think it's one of the great organizations that has come into American life um, post-World War II. And, you know, those are the rabbis that you see in the black coats with, with you know, okay, so everyone has that image. Right. Well, when I'm walking down the street with them, um, which I do quite often, we get chanted at, yelled at, occasionally things thrown. So have I ever felt unsafe? unsafe? No, not necessarily. I mean, someone, someone yelling at me doesn't make me fear for my life. But on the same page, yeah, you do feel, you do feel, you turn around and you're like, what, what even, what, what, what's the, you know, what's the impetus for that? Like, why? Um, so I don't know, I, you know, I, I definitely, as I said, I, I, I don't feel any less safe. I think America is a great place to be Jewish. I think it's outside of Israel, the best place to be Jewish in the world. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's good for people to have the conversations. And I will admit this is slightly tongue-in-cheek, but I think people who perpetrate hate crimes should have to understand the full weight of what their crime was about. So if somebody perpetrated a hate crime against a Jewish person, I would love to show them these special showers. That would be their punishment. Yeah. If somebody perpetrated a crime against an African-American, I'd love to show them a tree with a rope and go, <laughs> this is the history of what people have done. You are so ignorant that you don't even understand that. So I'm going to make you very aware of it really, really, really fast. And that's not to take it lightly, because those things were horrific. But when you are that stupid and that dumb, 
you know, that that is the kind of action that you're willing to take. I'm like, well, well one I am thing we, <laughs> I'm for an eye, dude. I am okay with that. One thing that I want to say, not to go against that, because actually there's part of me that loves that line of thinking, but one of the things that the, uh, that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who the Chabad organization is, is based on his teachings, he was the seventh and final Rebbe because the, he didn't have offspring, so it doesn't uh, transfer, um, is his, his identification after the Holocaust was not to focus on the Holocaust. And one of the main reasons why was his dedication was to fight darkness with light. So for every time, and you'll see it if you, if you, if you notice, if you're, if you're in tune to how the, how the um, Chabad organization and its followers handle things like reports in the news like today, you'll see people lighting candles on Friday night, you'll see an increase in people putting on tefillin during the day, you'll see an, an increase in people making charitable do donations to whatever organization they choose to make, and it's part of an idea of the best way to fight darkness is with light and not with succumbing, not with... Oh, I'm that's an infinitely oh. worse person than that, and I can't believe <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> bad people are bad, but and I, I just want them I think that's any spiritual... Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole Gandhi thing and all that, that's I mean, great, look, but... You know, yeah, and look, I fully Christianity, get... Christianity, none of them, well... Christianity to a point, it says you're not supposed to, but yeah. well, but the the, the and I, I agree, um, but there's actually it, it's it's a it's a campaign. So during the, I believe it was during the Six Day War, was when he was when he, that really became entrenched. Um, is is he started these campaigns where they drove what they called mitzvah mobiles, and the rabbis would literally just go to go to find people at their places of work in the streets, put on tefillin, get them to do something positive. Mm. But when and you kick the active... crap out of Egypt in six days, I mean, you had the flexibility. Yeah, but you didn't know that, that at the start of the war. Look, I mean, Israel, Israel is... There was an overwhelming military presence in Israel. I mean, it's, it's stunning. The weapons are far better than any other place in the country because they're all... I mean, our, our deal with Israel is pretty damn good. There was no chance that that war was going to be lost. And I love the fact that it took six days. I mean, that makes me think it's even funnier. So I'm like, you dumb shits, like, cut it out. And then if you saw, Israel all of a sudden started, Egypt all of a sudden started to become a lot cooler right after that. You know, I mean, they chilled out for a long time, and it wasn't until the assassination of Anwar Sadat, you know, that things kind of took maybe a slight step backwards again, but... That's one of the better countries for Israel in the region because they know they're going to get their ass handed to them if they want to start more shit again, which I appreciate. I applaud that. And I would love for more people who are thinking about perpetrating acts of violence for racial reasons only to go, you know what, I'm actually going to get my ass handed to me if I do this. Uh, so maybe I should rethink it real quick. But we've been so, we've been, we as in, as in Israel, have been so, so fortunate not, I mean, look, he, he, if you think about the fact that there wasn't there was an independence war in Israel because we were attacked by by set by a conglomeration of the of the surrounding nations sure. um, upon inception, and you think there's no way that that a country that isn't even defined that has no no real military should be able to withstand that. Uh, it's great that we have pride in our in our in our military history, but I think it'd be. Even better if we didn't have to have pride in our military history. I, I would agree, but every time something happens, I mean, go back to the first Gulf War, where they were firing Scud missiles all the time. Yeah. And it was just because America went into uh, Iraq at that point, and all of a sudden, all the, the bombs are being lobbed at Israel. Like, really? Like, this is the thing? Yeah. You just massacred a bunch of Kurds. So we went in and wanted to protect oil rights and every other reason that we went in, but... 
and all of a sudden, I, I always wonder, like, what did Israel do that got involved in this? Well, besides blowing up the nuclear bunkers, that was pretty smart. Yeah. But, uh, you know, other than that... I'm besides like, that pesky little thing. Yeah. That was 10 years earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them a break. Was a decade, <laughs> but everybody knew where those bombs were headed had they been developed. So, there's, I mean, I do not blame them. And the pride in the military is well deserved, and it's sad that it has to be yeah. uh, that effective, but it is effective. Ooh, okay. And, uh, you know, for good reason. Okay, are well, we ready to uh, move on to uh, it the. It's a little fun the, to talk about the history the, of it, though. It I is. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's rich. Sorry, Mario. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I said we're ready to, to move into the, to the, uh, to the meat of this, of this meal. Of course, Bob. And now, Trump talk. Sad. <laughs> uh, so uh, first, um, so Trump uh, does the night of the Oscars hold the governor's ball uh, that that he and uh, he and his wife host, uh, but uh, but refuses to go to the correspondence dinner, and uh, which is a tradition. Which is a tradition. It, it, okay, so first of all, I know Trump has uh, issues with the press. Um, when people uh, don't like you, um, they don't tend to say nice things about you. Uh, and so, uh, but I do think, uh, as the president, uh, it is a little bitch ass. <laughs> To not go to the correspondence dinner because uh, these people might say bad things about me. Well, because they roast every president. That's the point of the <laughs> That's dinner. the point of the damn but dinner. But he can't take criticism of any kind, even which, when it's joking. Which is why it's a little bitch ass. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they the press asked Spicer why. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. he said, it's a little, you know, why would you pretend... That there isn't, it, it's more than just this friendly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The banter and yeah, like, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely I mean, more than like Obama, it's a he can give, yeah, he can give it as good as Most presidents do give as good as they get. Well, they're great writers, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but it's like you can't even just deal with that. I mean, like, there's so many opportunities that he has to mend. Or start mending the way people see him, and he just keeps making the wrong decision every time. I would agree. Yeah. Which is why, shut up and take the W. So I, I actually heard a, a very interesting, not defense of Trump, but explanation of Trump from a friend of mine that I was at. Um, and this friend was a was actually my favorite favorite major in, in, in college. Has not worked all that great for him in uh, in reality, but he was a philosophy major. Mm. Oh, and, there's a lot of jobs out there for philosophers. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of them. Was that sarcasm? <laughs> a lot that, of them. I don't, felt, want, I don't want to mention like sarcasm. Industries, but, but they have jobs open to them. Um, so they don't he, pay much, but they got they, jobs. They, 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 you know what? You don't. You, you're not a philosophy major to get rich. That, that's <laughs> something, right? Okay. So he was telling me that if you read the Art of the Deal, which I have not done, um, and I don't plan on doing, actually uh, have read it. Okay, so he said if you read The Art of the Deal, one of the things that Trump says is that hyperbole is, is essential to, to deal-making. So what he'll do is if he says, 
if he says 70% of, of terror attacks are perpetrated by, by Muslims, sure, whatever, Arabs, right, sure. whatever, whatever he says, and you respond, no, it's not more than 20%. Right. He's effectively won his argument because now he's saying, you, you said it yourself, it's 20%. Sure. So I, I think the, when I, the more I thought of that, because there's only two explanations in my head. Either the guy is psychologi- psychologically not right, or ding, ding, ding. But I, but I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's it. I really but I don't. think, I think he, it, look, you can say that, but it seems to me to be more calculated. And the more success that he has, it almost looks calculated. So we talk mm-hmm. about, I know we'll talk about this more in a minute, but we talk about the rally where he effectively launches 2020. It's genius because he's capitalizing on this movement that propelled him to election in the first place. He's not even letting them get caught up in the negativity. He's pumping them up more. He's saying, all right, let's get ready for 2020. But he's, he's only surrounding himself with people that already like him. You're, That's you're what he did the whole time, narciss- though. Yes, but he's a narcissist. Nobody, he he has to. Every time it gets too negative for him, he goes somewhere where he knows people are going to shower him with praise. Nobody disagrees. What he is doing, and I think if, if I can agree with you on this, what I think he is doing is giving just raw meat to the people who already love him and who say, you're absolutely right, the media is crazy. Why They are super liberal, all of them, and why would you ever go to this? Why would you even be a part of this? You're absolutely right. Let's kick CNN out of the room because they're crazy liberal media. You know, Let's just ask Rupert Murdoch-owned <laughs> outlets. Let's let them <laughs> be the only ones who ask questions. You know what I mean? It's just so idiotic. And when you get asked a question about, you know, well... Uh, or are you going to build a wall or not? And you start responding with your CNN ratings and <laughs> stuff like that. And you see how bad I beat Hillary and blah, blah, blah. Like, he is just getting... The Republicans, I will tell you because I have a lot of weirdo Republicans in my family, they are just in love with this. They are having a field day with this. Know, and they and think it's, it's just, great. It and they're like, finally, fresh talk. Me. Fresh talk is great. But it's, that's the strategy, Of what, right? though? That's the, of what? No, nothing of substance. But that's, but that's, that's the strategy, the right? Like that's, that's, if it, it, and that's why it looks... That's why I can't just buy the fact that, that, that this isn't intentional. Because it worked. He, beca- he became president. I, not, okay, so I remember... Well, no, I don't think that it's not intentional. I didn't see that's that I don't uh, I don't make that mistake. Okay. It's pure intention. But is is it the it well it, I don't even think there's a real question in that. Is it the right thing to be doing? Well, no. Absolutely not. But do you let me it, ask you this question. It, it's 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 below the office that he now holds. Do you really that's care? Do you really care? Because let's 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 talk about the actual the what you what you have on a, on the agenda here. Yeah, yeah. Do you actually care that much about the White House correspondence dinner? I care that he acts presidential. Yes, that's what that's I what I care about. I so, believe he is demeaning the office. That's of the president. that's okay, my but problem. That, but that's, and that's that, the issue. That's perfectly legitimate. But does the in in a vacuum does the act of saying I want no part of the White House correspondence dinner is that it, Yes. Left to itself, that bothers you. Yes. Yeah, it because actually does. it is a tradition that has gone back many, many decades. It has been something that is reasonably sacrosanct in Washington. Uh, and the fact that, and I, you cannot look at it in a vacuum, he has done nothing 
presidential at this point, and uh, and I feel like his disrespect for the office, uh, and this is one example piled onto any number of other examples taken as a whole, makes me absolutely despise him as a person because I believe America is larger than the person, and I think you only have to look at Richard Nixon for that. Uh, to say, okay, America is larger than the act, the person who holds the office, and he is acting like uh, it's not. And I'm saying, listen, in my mind, do what presidents do. Be a leader. Don't be an asshole. Be a leader. For one time in your life, stand up and do the hard thing, not the easy thing. And I agree with you that's entirely calculated, and he's yes, he is making all kinds of friends with his already existing base, but it's so unpresidential, and it's making it about him and not about and the not about the office. Conceptually, and I'm not defending Donald Trump here. Yeah, the and let me and let me say before 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 you respond, let me say out there the podcast land. Uh, uh, I am uh, I am not in in no way uh, a Republican, but I have absolutely nothing against uh, Republicans or Republican philosophies. I do think that we need uh, both. Uh, sides of our brain to be working in order to make uh, real decisions that move society forward. You gotta have a brain. Uh, but, <laughs> but you gotta have a brain to start with, or at least be using the one that you have. And and, and there's a lot of uh, calculated moves that uh, bolster the Trump brand but not the office of the presidency. And you are the president of the United States now. And that's my problem. It's not... It's, yeah, I, I could care less if uh, a Republican won sure. the White House. My issue is particularly with the way Trump is handling the presidency. Well, so let me... So, so it was actually... It's interesting for me to be here having this conversation because I remember... At the start of the Republican primary, I was I was at the Pendergast Club, mm-hmm. talking to some people about when and Trump was in the lead, but second was Dr. Ben Carson, and we're talking about a man who has no qualifications to lead a nation. But I actually at the time lead a surgical team. Great. Hey, what's going on, podcasters? Let's acknowledge the good friends of the Law Party Podcast. The majestic restaurant and Pendergast Club, carrying on Kansas City's tradition of great food and great jazz. 931 Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri. The J. Rieger Kansas City Distillery. Whiskey, gin, vodka. That is oh so good. And friend of the podcast and panelist, Lane Bolin. Managing to keep the podcast going. Apparently wealthy or not. Now onto our regularly scheduled program. I actually love Ben Carson. And so I remember talking to somebody and I said, look... I'm, I'm thinking Rubio's going to win. And I said this last week. I supported Rubio. Mm-hmm. But really part of me desperately wanted Ben Carson to be the Republican <laughs> nominee for the office. And I'll tell you, I really conceptually, I'm okay with an end to acting presidential. I'm really okay with an end to acting like a politician. Because acting like a politician, to me, mm-hmm. is partially what's brought us here. Um, and so when you say he's not acting like a like not acting like a politician, my first thought is, yeah. And I don't think Ben Carson would have been acting like a politician, but I love Ben Carson. Um, I get it. I get now that the reality, when we're not talking conceptually, I get that the reality of what Trump's doing. My problem with it is it's, it's more divisive than it, it, it's just, it's just divisive. Right. And right. It doesn't, when you're on two opposite sides of a, of a body of water, 
Yeah. The only way you meet in the middle is if you build a bridge. Exactly. And he ain't doing that. Well, the, the, the only problem is that he doesn't have to build the bridge. And I would, even in recent history, if you want a, an example of somebody who was equally, if not more vilified than Trump has been, uh, most people thought that Bush Jr. stole that election. Uh, and uh, they, they can argue that right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, I happen to hey, with, not... with, with a pistol. He, he stole that joint. Okay. He stole that. Maybe, We're just going to say Maybe or maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but I would say that they did follow all the Supreme Court arguments. Yes. They did the right yes. things. They followed the process. And it never got outside of what I believe to be the institution of how this country runs. And he was possibly one of the most hated people. Yeah, of he was. And yet... He didn't back off from being acting like the president and being presidential. You may not have liked his decisions, and there were several that I did not like, but I never thought he was unpresidential. And I think this is why now, I think this is why now you see him kind of being, uh, getting a little more credit than he has. Right. Because strangely, when he was at the Trump inauguration, I mean, he and Clinton somehow managed to be friends. He and Michelle Obama are friends. Like right. I think there is a weight of the presidency that you have to understand the gravitas for, and it's bigger than you. And I don't think it's... Trump thinks it's not bigger than him. He thinks it's about him. Well, and I think Bush had at least the sense that I'm holding an office and I have I a think, responsibility. I think, that, I think that Trump is actually fighting... I think that in, in his head, he watched what happened to Bush. Because I, I, I said last week... And I'll say it again because I'm very proud of this. I love George W. Bush. Um, I, I, think that, I, I think that he had a lot going for him. I don't think that all of his policies were correct. But I think, that, I think that he actually was a president who tried to make legitimate change. I thought he was trying to do the right thing even though... I think he the had bad people around him. No, I thought he had excellent people around him. What, I think he tried well, to Cheney was his uh, problem. Yeah. So, no, actually, if you want to go back to the first school board, Cheney was a phenomenal Secretary of Defense, did a really good job. Rumsfeld was a very good person at the time. It's that we got into a weird situation. Colin Powell, nobody could Col- accuse yeah, Colin Powell of being a bad person. I don't think Condoleezza Rice, you, anybody could anybody could was a bad love person. Condoleezza Rice. Uh, so I think he surrounded himself with the best people who shared a similar political ideology. That's one thing. What I disagree with Trump is that I think he's surrounding himself with people who just like him. You know? Exactly. And that, exactly. I think, is different. So I think, so I think Trump... But we, but we, but we, I'm, I've been reading people on social media all week, and especially today with, with Bush's comments yesterday, saying, saying uh, you know, he, I, always, I never hated him. I never thought he was out for the worst of America. I, you know, I just didn't like his policies, but I always respect, I could respect him. Right. It's crap. Okay? Let's remember the Bushisms. Sure. People compared him to a buffoon yeah, constantly. Oh, he was, an, he was an imbecile. The now, level let's of, not say he was, he, he was not a... He, so level, he may have been a Rhodes Scholar, but he was not a Rhodes Scholar. The level of... The level of <laughs> he was, he was, he was a C-minus. He was the, a C-minus. <laughs> there, were, there were quotes of his that were not taken out of context. They were just horrible. Yeah, sure. my, one of my fav- favorites was, Families is... Right. Where wings take dreams and fly. Yeah. I love that just because I have no idea what he's saying. But um, there were also times that <laughs> there were also times that he was taken vastly out of context. And if you placed it back into the context of a speech, it actually made sense. And I think what Trump is doing is saying, "I saw what you guys did to Bush, and I saw how he because he, as he's saying today, he took it and he did. Yeah, uh, he was he acted presidential. And Trump is is." overtly rejecting that, saying, I saw what you did to Bush, and I'm not going to let you do it to me. And, 
you you say these things about me, and I'm going to shove it right back at you. It's an interesting notion. And, 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 that, and that, in and of itself, is unpresidential. The president has to be more thick. You know, like that's you, just immature. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, okay, that's think, like okay, Chris, Chris, you know, yelling at somebody or, or retaliating for something that one of his employees said to him. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the way I, you know the way I think of I think of the presidency is. Uh, presidency is kind of like the father of a nation. So, uh, if your kid says, you know, you know what, Dad? You know what? You don't ever listen to me. You're stupid. I hate you. And you say, as the father, you know what? I hate you too, you little shit. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're an asshole. Yeah. You are. Your kid's just being a kid. It, it, he's, your kid's just being a kid. You're the parent. You have to act like the adult in the room. And Trump's just not acting like the adult in the room. And that's my problem <coughs> with with how he's handling it. I um, Anyway, um, so he's going to have uh, his first uh, joint address of, uh, of uh, Congress and, and Senate uh, Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, what are we expecting of the address? So Spicer said when they asked him what what he was, what can we expect from Trump? Right. Oh, he's going to outline what he wants to do, but not in detail. So basically, nothing that he hasn't already. So said. it's, it's going to be another Trump Don't rally speech. To, yes, exactly. I'm like he's because he's going to stand up there and and bash the people that don't like him and how horrible the, the Democrats are and I mean it's just ridiculous. Which he at actually point, did at the governor's ball. I'm like he's like he said something to the effect of, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about the uh, <laughs> about you know about about the about the other guys, but so so I'm not talking to you Democrats, but I am, but I'm talking to you Republicans. The Democrats are stupid. That was a <laughs> and I was like, whoa, wait a minute, mm-hmm. like, and that's what I mean about mm-hmm. like you just you don't sink to your kids level because you're the adult in the room. And he's not being the best way to say that is Dr. Ben Carson would never say that. He would, you know what? And there's under no circumstance can I wrap my brain around Ben Carson being the president of the United States. (laughs) I can't, but but he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. He he would he may do some rambling story about how he hit somebody upside the head with a hammer, but, but he wouldn't chastise the kid for being a kid. That's different, and that's and that's been my real problem. Would you rather have Ben Carson as president right now? Uh, no, actually, <laughs> no, no, actually, I would. As a matter of fact, uh, what I call the entirety of the. Uh, Republicans that ran uh, uh, because at the time I'm trying to remember how many of them was it? Was it? 16, I think. 16? Yeah. Something like that. So, no. What I called it was a parade of fuckery. (laughs) It's just what the hell? Like, everybody was worse than the next guy or woman. Oh. Oh, stop it. Marco Rubio... I think Marco you Rubio was really legitimate. You would, it, he legitimately, you he, would rather see Marco Rubio as president right now? Uh, possibly. He's Actually, po- out of all of those people on the Republican side of the, of the ticket, yeah. probably 
Rubio, I could have I could have lived with. I didn't I didn't agree right. with his politics. Yeah, I <laughs> oh, when he <laughs> leaned off camera, <laughs> leaned off camera to drink the water. He was on camera. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what is wrong with you, dude? Uh, so, <laughs> but but he was trying to be. Uh, he was trying to be professional. He was trying to be presidential at the moment when he was running, and I could at least see that maybe he'd be in the office doing what I think a president should do. Well, wasn't that the response to the State of the Union? He got to deliver the response. To the yeah, he yeah, had to he deliver had the response, Republicans which is response. very, very, very hard to do. You're yeah. running by yourself. You don't get any of the same stuff. I guess. Yeah. So, is it, let me ask you this, just as, just as a general question. Are there any African American Republicans that you would ever consider voting for? Um, I'm trying to remember the one guy who used to run the DNC. I mean, run the RNC. Well, didn't you say Colin Powell too at one point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see. 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 Steele. Yeah. And I can see Colin Powell. Could you ever actually cast a vote for him? Or with their politics just not ever aligned? No, 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 no. Actually, uh, if Colin Powell ran, uh, depending upon who the uh, the Democrats put up against him, sure. I, I could see actually voting for him. Um, I thought that yes, he is a he is a conservative in what I consider the truest sense of what a conservative is, and and he's not batshit crazy. He's not. He's not. He's not part of the which which is completely hijacked the Republican Party. He's not a part of the like evangelical right. He's just uh, a fiscal conservative that wants to make sure that our military is strong and and we we balance our budget. Okay, I'm cool with that. I'm, like, that. I'm perfectly okay with that. That's why I say I'm not mad at Republicans or Republican ideology. My problem is that in the in the past uh, decade-ish, uh, the Republican Party has been truly hijacked by a parade of fuckery that I cannot get behind, <laughs> really. I, but I have a strange question. So yeah. just to follow up on that, what I, what I do find slightly encouraging and slightly frustrating all at the same time is... Uh, and I could be off base on this. This is just my general sense. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of white people who would vote for an African-American regardless. And I know a lot of people who voted for Obama just because, you know, yeah. who switched parties to vote for Obama because they want to see an African-American president. Mm-hmm. I don't know very many African-Americans who would vote for a uh, an African-American Republican regardless well, I think, it have been interesting. I, I think, been I think it had been one of those three. You may have actually seen a split in the African American vote. You want to see? I would love to see. I do. I honestly love to see. For for example, um, so I was in Chicago for the weekend, and I was helping my mom do some things. And of course, after I uh, got worn down to a nub, I went and hung out with a couple of, uh, friends, uh, a couple of different nights, and. Uh, on the second night, I was hanging out uh, with a friend. She broke her ankle. And so we were sitting there, me, her, and her mom. We were sitting there, and we were talking. And she asked me, um, you know, wh- what what would I say uh, to a African-American that voted for Trump? And I was, and I said, well, my short answer is why? And, you know, and, and 
And then she goes, well, what if, what if I told you I voted for Trump? And I was like, okay, same answer applies. Why? <laughs> you know, and uh, and uh, she says, so do you have a problem with Republicans? I said, no, 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 no. Trump is my problem. Republicans is not my problem. I said, if you have a, a legitimate reason for why you're voting the other side of the ticket, I can deal with that. I can deal with that all day. Because that means you're making an educated decision for you. And you're not just following what, you know, most black people do. And and that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm all right with that. But if the reason that you're voting for Trump is because, you know, some crazy, uh, uh, some crazy crap that Trump said, you know, then I'm like, yo, uh. Why? <laughs> like, I, well, I, here's something that I, I have a hard time understanding, and I think is a little disingenuous of the Democratic Party. If you ever go back through time and actually study the way uh, the Democratic Party has treated African Americans, it's been horrendous. In fact, most of the time, it was the Republicans who were far more in favor of trying to support equal rights. Which is actually her reasoning for being a Republican. There's a very, very, very famous quote of LBJ going, you know what, let's just pass this shit so these inward people will vote for us for the next 200 years. Yeah. And that was a direct quote. It wasn't some ideological thing. It was nothing. It was just a strange bit of legal pandering. Yeah. 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 When Republicans had already passed laws that got into place most of the amendments that help protect African Americans as a as a, a protected class and make sure equal rights in theory, legally, should have been enforced. Most of the Jim Crow laws came from Democratic candidates. Uh, all these things over time happened, mm-hmm. and yet uh, the amount of African Americans that I know that would ever vote Republican are well, one, well, yeah, and, and, and you know, Jews, me, I, Jews don't vote Republican hardly at all either. And, yeah. and, and I, I don't want to start a fire here, but I do want to point out that the, the Democratic Party is is promoting Keith Ellison through the ranks. Mm-hmm. And this first, is, first of all, uh, have have you told any of your other Jewish friends that you're doing this podcast? Well, I actually just uh, shared it on Facebook, so okay, I'm assuming it's now common knowledge. Well, okay, so I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to put you on blast. That you may have voted Republican. Oh, everyone knows. I'm not shy. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, because what you're saying is very true. I I do think that generally African Americans don't vote Republican. And generally Jewish people don't vote Republican. But um, do I think that there will ever be a Republican candidate that I could take seriously? Yeah, I could take. Yes. But they would definitely, um, I would have to know that there there's an adult in the room. <laughs> Not, the party needs to get it together and stop. Or, they, as I said, I think I said this last week. If I didn't, I need to say it now. The party needs to stop, stop with stop pandering to the to the religious side of the party. Get back to conservative principles sure. and 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 get back to to trying to effectuate policy that decreases the size of government. And limits, and, and I would say limits taxes, um, because those are things that I believe in, that I believe would be good for all Americans, but uh, definitely know that I have, that there's opposition to that. What so. I find that they do that is bizarre, and this is why it's very hard for me to be, and so I guess this is why I'm, I always vote split ticket, I never want anybody to ever win, but uh, 
the thing that's hard for me is when you just the disproportionate amount of particular ethnic groups or whatever the case is vote overwhelmingly in favor makes me think that all the issues aren't being considered. That is very odd to me. And what I would also say is um, that I think that there's a lack, and again, just a lack of just historical knowledge of things where I'm like, listen, are you really in favor of this person or are you just voting along party lines? Like, and, and again, I, it's odd to me because the Republicans with their religious stance, you would think that that would play exceptionally well in the African-American community uh, because th there's a strong history of religion. It was, should play exceptionally well in the Hispanic community. Huge, huge. And I get that they always tout Christian values, so I wouldn't necessarily expect uh, the Jewish bloc to vote for them in mass, but I would expect a lot of African-Americans and a lot of Hispanics to go, okay, these religious kind of things play well with me just because of the history and and yeah. how how ingrained religion is in those communities. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Well, I, but then I they do, do know. stupid stuff by going, we're very religious and we have all these shared values and then I also want to send you back to a different side of a wall <laughs> or, you know, whatever and keep you from coding and doing any number of things. Well, like, and I think yeah, that's so stupid. I, I talked to... It just um, makes them dumb. A, a friend of Mario's over the weekend and you know her family is pretty much democrat and she has one sibling that voted republican and the reason the only reason was because of firearms hmm. period really yes i mean i i like out like particularly hispanic is the largest voting block coming up fastest right. growing for sure hyper catholic yeah, religion is a an enormous part. So, I mean, like, I always feel like you're born Jewish, you're born Catholic, or other than that, you get to pick. You know what I mean? So that's your I think that, but no matter where it's from, I would always say I'm Catholic. Just even. Just I think the the the, the, we, the reason that that Republicans lose some of those groups. So I've often thought that that would ideally be the way to vote if you were a minority. Sure. But I think the reason that they lose them. Is because inexplicably, they they fight growth for minorities in Absolutely. ways that will shock you if you're a true conservative, if, if you're a true Republican, yeah. and you sit there and you say, I don't even, I, I, yeah, I strongly believe what I believe, but I really don't want to associate myself with what you believe, right? And it puts it puts it puts us in a hard in a really hard position that I either have to side with the crazy people on the alt right, or go against principles. Sure. And that this election was case in point well, on that. Didn't you yeah. see the picture of the Republican um, interns, the incoming interns and the Democratic incoming interns? I saw they a picture that literally was labeled that. No, that's what it was. No, it was tr it was <sighs> it because Ryan that. No, was, Ryan was, was standing in front of it, all yeah, of these Republican it, interns. It was Paul you, Ryan that took the picture. Well, they always take the picture in your classroom. I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but it was it was like one black person and the rest of them were white on the Republican side, like, and it was a a completely a cornucopia space. of people. But is that and not a fit of the Democratic I saw, Party? I saw, I saw, I saw the picture. Level? What? That does that not feel like a failure of the Democratic Party at the local and state level? To be perfectly honest, I mean the Democrats have have exceptionally poor local and statewide representation. Oh. Uh, and they're, they have let 
they have let their local organizations go tremendously to focus on national politics. politics. It is now reaping the Mm. just all the bad things that they should have been thinking about for a very long time. I will also tell you, I find it very difficult to believe. I I don't know. I just I I saw the picture. My and to be quite honest with you, my first thought was Photoshop does wonderful things. do I actually believe? I, I mean, I just but had trouble believing. It was on believing. Paul Ryan's Twitter or Facebook or whatever. I mean, it wasn't. It was him posting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He posted it. Yeah, it was him posting it. I mean, if that's true, I, I mean, and I, it was him. Hey, he was taking a yeah. selfie. You're right here. Right uh, here. Here is me with the new incoming yeah, Republican intern. The, yeah. Well, then, I, then you know that I think honestly that whoever does his media coordination just needs to be fired immediately because whoever whoever said this is this is okay because even if. It's not really. It it's not true. really his choice, though. Like they take pictures of the incoming interns, and he can't help but it, that they're but all said, white. But, ah, but I cannot believe that all. In, I mean, Republicans clean the house, and then started, some of the some of the brightest stars in the Republican Party are not are not white. I mean, um, I would agree, but you're and, still talking at a local and state level where that's yeah, pri- pri- primarily mm-hmm. the yeah. issue, and I think you're going to see it escalate even more in the in the next. Election cycle, which is coming up in what eighteen months, uh-huh. uh, because it's primarily Democratic seats that are up for grabs. Yeah. They go in cycles. Obviously, the House is always up for grabs, but uh, in terms of the senators that are up for grabs, that is primarily Democratic. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see, a, a, unless Trump does something incredibly stupid, where that makes everybody hate Republicans, <laughs> which would be the only hope that <laughs> the Democrats have. It is going to be an even worse situation <coughs> coming up. Yeah. So, uh, a couple things that I had on the list from last week that we actually didn't get to. I just want to get to real quick because they're smaller stories. <coughs> One, uh, uh, during uh, the uh, 2020 campaign rally, which is just, which is just ridiculous, um, he's, he says that... Uh, he mentioned uh, that uh, uh, Sweden was having uh, all of these massive uh, immigration uh, issues, and um, they're laying all these uh, bad dudes in that uh, that that, uh, that uh, you know that are doing all these horrible things. Uh, uh, and the response from Sweden was uh, swift and uh, and official. In in a resounding, uh, excuse me, America, what the fuck? <laughs> like we're we're not having any of these problems. What are you talking about? What is wrong? What is, what is your leader saying? What is he talking about? And it, which of course got me back to the, just shut up and take the win. Like I don't understand. Let me ask you a quick question because I don't remember it, and I don't remember if it was Sweden or not. Clearly, if he'd used France as an example, I'd have said, okay. Yeah. I would agree. Everybody can cite numerous historical things. Because he was like, can you believe it? Sweden. I mean, Sweden. Which country had the problem where they did the, uh, drew the cartoon of Muhammad? France. That was France. Are you sure? I think that... I did not think that was France. That was I not thought France. that was France. France, they had the right. France, they had the... Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was actually Sweden. Where might, they had it might have been. Here's my... Here's, I'm not... I, I think that... I, so... I think mass that shooting of what? I think the, the last no, mass... No, no. When the they did the, the cartoon of, of Muhammad. Muhammad. And then there's the mass shootings. And we're, I think, I think that the Trump campaign has... I, 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 the, the Atlanta comment comes to mind specifically. Sean Spicer is... I think 
I think is uh, one of the great imbeciles of our time. Um, uh, and and I agree. The, the the Sweden comment I think is the only the only thing that interests me about that is that Sweden is notorious for not publicizing things that are going on inside of the country. Yeah, and it, it makes you wonder: Are we do our do we have some intelligence report that got to Trump that said last night in Sweden this happened, and Sweden doing as they always do, saying. Okay, well, I, I will say this. There's a Danish newspaper. I, I will say this. I will say this. Um, I have a cousin who lives in Sweden. Uh, that shit ain't happening. I talk to her all the time. That shit ain't happening. It's just, and, and there's only 1% black people in Sweden, and that more than likely is my cousin and her sons, to tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> this stuff ain't happening. It, it's just, but if you're, but hold on, if we're saying, if we're saying that, I mean, this is what's happening with Trump, and and I'm not even being funny. He's he watches a crap ton of like Fox and other kind of uh, 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 left wing cable news stuff, and uh, he reads a ton of Breitbart and all those types of uh, publications, and then he goes and he tweets. Stuff that he heard or read there. But in verifying any of the facts, a ton of it is what he would call fake news. <laughs> because it's just, he has, he's just saying, yep, I knew it was a problem. And, and so then he tweets it. But his sources are so bad and flawed that, you know, he's, that he's regurgitating things to the public that aren't true and that's what that I think that's the other thing that bothers me that it's just unpresidential it's not an intelligence briefing it's freaking Breitbart that he's just he's just like he see like um, you can actually almost trace half of his tweets to the day before one of the Fox shows mentioned something and then the the next day when he wakes up he tweets about it and when it's wrong, he says, well, I've heard it on Fox News. Listen, I, think, uh, I mean, I come on. Did, so did anyone watch the Mike... Michael Moore did that movie... Trump Land. Uh, no, no, not Trump Land. It was the one that was uh, earlier this year where he went to um, went to the different countries. Oh, Where to Invade Next. Well, yeah, Where yeah. to Invade Next. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, one of the things that so bothered me about that movie was the fact that, he's, that, that you were getting this feel for comfort for countries... It doesn't exist. They're building up this expectation that, oh, what's student loans? We don't have those. And you're, you're leaving out in those, these myriad of other problems that don't exist in, in America or, or less in America. And you're, you're sensationalizing this view of a perfection in Sweden, in, in places like that, that I don't think exists. Now, I'm not, that I, I think the Trump administration, Trump, Spicer, they need to figure out what they're saying because they're embarrassing everyone that voted for them. And, and that's a problem for me. But I, I also am cognizant of the fact that there is this misrepresentation of, of what life is like in Sweden. And, and when you're saying that it's 1% black, yeah. one of the things that I'm hearing there is, is why? What it, what's going on there that makes Sweden, if it's such this, it's this wonderful place that Michael Moore made it seem to be, yeah. wouldn't you think that, that minorities would flock there to say, hey, hey, we can live a great life much better than we can in, in sure. the States, in Sweden? 
Now, black people don't like to call. I, I would also just. Yeah. I would. <laughs> no, I'm just going. I'm just going to tell you, black people don't like to call. It's simple. Most, we're 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 tropical we're, we're, we're people. Don't we don't like, like to call. <laughs> we're we're from Africa and islands. We don't, we don't like to call. <laughs> we ain't going up. We ain't going to Sweden. We ain't going to nowhere. We ain't going to. Yeah, I'm from Chicago. But black people in general. What's the largest population of black people in any in any state in the U.S. Now, this is odd because you're absolutely right. I know where you're going. It is Minnesota. They have like a wild number of Ethiopians in Minnesota. I don't know why. Okay. But, <laughs> Texas, but it's freezing freaking cold. Texas, Florida, Tennessee. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there is a but, great proportion. But, you're, but you're also talking about the South. Yeah. That's, yeah like, but that's where the climate's warmer. Yeah, but... but you're talking about you talking about the areas where where the slave trade dumped people and they just never moved out. I, I think you're making mm. a, a a historically inaccurate claim. If you want to go to where there's more Klan organizations than anywhere else, then mm. go to Indiana. Second, yeah, second very is true. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. this is not a well. That, that was a and fact, I would that was a... I would remind people that the civil rights it was the. Topeka, Kansas mm-hmm. versus uh, the Brown Board of Education. Yeah, so of that's about but that, 50 Kansas miles is not away. Kansas is not a tropical environment. It, no. and, and I would agree. And, and no. I'm always blown away by the number of number of Middle Easterners who go to Toronto. It's I mean, there's an enormous Middle East. Yeah, yeah. But to, so my point is to say to say that it's because of the the climate. Is not. I, I think. No, no, no. That's. I mean, that's. 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 That's, 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 a, that's a tongue-in-cheek joke. But, but the. Uh, you know, I. I really can't say a true reason why. Uh, mo- but and, and I and I tease that. There's there. I mean, it is factual that is. It's not more than two percent. But um, it is factual that it's a very small percentage. Of, uh, of of black people up there, but it's uh, mostly um, you know like, like relocated Africans more than it you is. Know, yeah, but okay. I also think you have this thing where you know, you're going to go where communities already are, right? I mean, to degree, it's sort of it sort of builds upon itself, kind of. But I think that the you can also make communities uh, that function well. Again, Toronto is just. Full of Middle Eastern people, like you're coming from, yeah, and West Indies and all these yeah. other places, and going to Toronto. Yeah. Toronto blows, man. My only point in that is that Sweden, <laughs> Sweden was this wonderful place that was so, so far Accepting ahead of America. And so you far, yeah, you would you would have not only not only minorities, you'd have mass migration from. But but I also think too that uh, English is not the first language there. So going there, you you really do have to learn Swedish. But if you're Middle Eastern, then why is thirteen percent of the population of France Middle Eastern? Because they speak French there. They don't speak anything else. And it is. But and, but and a I lot mean, of countries who uh, were colonized had, had, by France or by I, I get that. But yeah. these are Middle Easterners. These aren't Africans. These are Middle Easterners. True. And what I would make the argument of most Middle Easterners actually would be more prone to speak English because the British. Uh, had most of the Middle East, right? So right. they're more prone to speak English and French by a mile and a half. And if he had left it not at Sweden, but just said the EU right, in right, general, right, right. or you know France, or you know something, something like that, where you have documented problems, I would agree. Saying Sweden was pretty stupid, but I don't think it diminishes the point, the larger point of 
there are problems that are going on in the world. There are a lot of acts of violence and terror that are happening all across the world. Very true. Uh, and that is probably the larger point. Misstating a country is stupid, but you know the larger point of hate. This is happening everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And to our allies. and it embarrasses people like you and I, Chris, that would probably to want to. We, yeah, we want to. We we, right. we see. We even see slivers of what he's like. What the larger point is, but you can't even. You have so much trouble even defending it because you're like the, the, the Atlanta one to me was the most inexcusable. <laughs> yeah, like just, yeah, just right. I'm with you. It's, it's idiotic at some point, and it does make it tough to defend, even if you believe the larger respect of what you think he's trying to say. And I'm by no means Republican. I'm somewhere in the middle. But oh my God, like he makes it hard to want to defend his point because you have to guess at what he's saying my favorite thing about being on the podcast so far in the last two weeks is that we can you know all of us have, have said have stated certain party affiliations and voting records but we all agree on certain things that you wouldn't maybe have expected us to agree on if you just label party politics sure. right that's like that's kind of the the coolest thing about this. It's the problem yeah. with the two party system because yeah. I think most Americans actually have a very common middle ground and then you're forced to choose between one of two parties when it comes time to vote, and then it kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't know. Which oh, is why I love gridlock. The great Dennis Reynolds says, "I can either be blasted in the ass by the Republicans, or I can be blasted in the ass by the Democrats." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, lastly, uh, no, you good? You good? Uh, lastly, uh, in, in, really quick, there was a couple things that I did. Uh, we we have forgot to mention on on the last podcast. One was uh, the person that was up for uh, uh, Department of Labor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, Labor Secretary, um, who was the CEO of Carl's Jr., uh, decided, uh, hell no, I don't want this job. <laughs> and he stepped down. And then the other, uh, I thought was really funny, because we only got to see him uh, one week, uh, uh, young... Um, Jason Miller stepped down as the uh, White House Communications Director, um, and I, I remember seeing him um, that one Sunday morning doing the Sunday morning shows, and we were thinking, you know, what happened to Kellyanne? You know, like she's normally the one doing it, and I was like, oh wow, this is just like hateful Kellyanne, like, like she's like masterful at deflecting to. Uh, to some other shit and then maybe throwing a lie in there with it but he was just like he he almost said you know what fuck you <laughs> like he almost and I was like whoa stop. no, no <laughs> oh, he, in place too. of he was right. doing yeah interviews in place of Kelly yeah, yeah. a lot of people went but out Kelly and he backed and he also backed out of that <laughs> and, and, and a but lot it, of shows have refused to book her ever since she has been Maybe slightly not as forthcoming with the facts and saying wrong things. Well, as they soon as said, she said alternative facts, they started. And again, a lot of them said, you've lost your credibility. We're just not going to book you back on the right. show. Right. So, but you, you made it sound like a labor secretary dude was just like, no, I don't want the job. That was scandal that made him decide not to. This is true. This is true. And, and this same with this, this guy. I, this, this is where I feel bad for the college junior dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were both... They were both. His uh, wife, didn't want their, his wife their went scandals. on Oprah in disguise, mm -hmm. you know, in 1989. And what I do not like about, and maybe there's more fire here than smoke, but it's it's regardless of what it was. 
Never, she went on a TV show. Mm-hmm. Everybody now believes it's true because his wife went on this guy's on TV show. Mm-hmm. He know he wasn't on the show. He didn't have a chance to defend himself <laughs> and, and say anything in his defense mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. It could have been any number of things. This is what I don't like about where we are now. Uh, it was just, hey, you need to resign because there's a hint of scandal here. Well, I don't know what the hell happened in that case. I don't know that he's an asshole. He might not be. But I, mean, I, I, think I love that's... his Hardy's ads. They're great. I love them. Too. So, <laughs> yes, oh Chris, you would like the Hardy's <laughs> they, ads. They say, well, I put it like this. I put it like this. As, as, as if you were a single man, the Hardy's ads are amazing. Uh, My larger point but, is he never got to defend himself. I was going to say, but uh, they are a little sexist Let's assholes. He has an ad agency and they do, the, they do the ads. But he never got in any way, shape, or form a chance to defend himself uh, in the public. And now you have this story out there from, what, 89, says so however many years ago, that is almost indefensible, that he has no way of coming back and saying, mm, here's my side of the story. That's not going to happen. So it is. Well, and that's, there, there that is the things, problem with once you cast an assertion on somebody. Yes. you have most people will believe it regardless. Even well, if that we wasn't were true. listening to a podcast yet last night about what is fake news, mm-hmm. and not going into that topic. But one of the things that they kind of said was how people will double down mm-hmm. on something that they mm-hmm. believe in. So you, they you, were giving people. Here's the here's the the Fake inaccurate news. story. Here's the real story, and when they read the real story, they still chose to believe the the inaccurate one, the fake one. Real story and because they, they just aligned with what yeah. they well, wanted to you believe. You know there are lots of interesting studies. You know there are really interesting studies though about the but decisions that they made. They were factually oh, yeah, accurate. No, 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 no. They're, they're my my favorite stuff. my favorite study that that has, and it only it does pertain to this in one way. My favorite study that was ever done was somebody did two two blackjack decks, stacked one so that you always lost, and made the other one a live deck where you could win and lose. And the crazy thing of the study was every participant, almost to a T, was more entranced by the deck that they kept losing. So yeah. by the end of the study, there were like two people playing on the live deck and 25 people playing, and I'm making up numbers, but it was sure. something, it yeah. was something yeah. horrible, some horrible discrepancy. And, and it's because people are, are almost attracted to, to, to the worst. Yeah. To, but, so. it, but it does go back to if you believe or you feel what you're going to believe what aligns with with your ideology. Sure. So you know, when I say... When, whether it's right or with, wrong. Well, the right or the wrong is where you got to be able to figure it out, and that's hard. And when you say there's real news, real facts, so these people didn't believe the real story, they just believe the other story, what I'm telling you is that facts are selective. They, there's always an editor involved. There's always a way that you write a story. I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. That's... Oh my God! I mean, like I could say the same thing three different times, all of which were true, but give you an, a, 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 I guess, a perspective on where I'm coming from. 
You know, and again, I told you before, I told you the story. So we were talking about investigative journalism as a thing of the past, almost. You know, now it's very much opinion news. People write their opinion. They speak their opinion. There was never such a thing as true, objective, investigative news. It always had a point of view because it was being edited. You're selected with the facts and you write a story from your particular perspective. I don't don't agree with that either. There's no possible way to be objective uh, in just telling a story. It is impossible. It always comes with a viewpoint of some sort, even if you try to fight against the viewpoint. And it also goes up through editors who select what they're going to leave in and leave out. Yeah. There's a million things. There's never, ever... And uh, this notion of objective news didn't even start until 1900. And so it's it's a fairly <laughs> relatively new phenomenon. Before that, it was just... Listen, we're, we are a democratic paper. So, but she said 1900. It's not like 1900 was like five years ago. I mean, we've well, evolved. The Casey for... Star has, has always been and was known to be and was proud of being a uh, very Republican newspaper. Uh, what's his name? Nelson, the guy who started it uh, mm-hmm. in the art museums and natural and all that kind of stuff. Paper Republican. And it was directly in response to the Pentagast machine. And so the Democrats. They were clearly very democratic. Mm-hmm. So you had two different Kansas City papers at the time. One was Republican, one was Democrat. It, nobody ever questioned the fact of which side of the news they were getting. It's no different than MSNBC and Fox right now. I mean, they're very clearly slanted. And so you watch a story and you go, I just got the real facts. Because that's, those are the facts. That's, you that, that's not what I do. I, yeah. that is Everybody, not what I everybody's going to say no. But everybody comes to things with predispositions and things that seem to make more sense to them than otherwise. If you have to give the benefit of the doubt to somebody, sure. you're going to go with your your natural leanings. And so there's no such thing as objective. That's general. actually true. Sure. You know, every every time I, a lot of a lot of people that that post on on social media now that have some of the sensationalized stories, I'm seeing it's coming from usuncut.com. Right. Every time I see a story breaking on usuncut.com, I immediately say, I'm not I'm not believing. This until I see it on replicated on two or three other right, more right. no more yeah. more yeah well and I think that's that I think I think to to kind of put a pin in it um, so that uh, we because it's we're, we've come to that time we need to sure. wrap up sure, sure, sure. you know I think um, we've hit a point uh, you know and I've always made the uh, comparison. That uh, it feels like we are moving toward the movie uh, Idiocracy uh, with the speeding bullet. Um, and the fact that who, what, when, and where isn't enough. Your your why is always the color. Um, but the, the facts are who, what, when, and where. And if we can at least... It, it, and I think the problem comes in that we're not even getting the same who, what, when, and where. Because if we're getting who, what, when, and where from both sides, but we're getting two different whys, I think you can read both stories, figure out what the truth is, and move and move forward. But if you're getting a completely different who, what, when, and where, then it's very hard to tell which story is true. And thusly, Fake news, 
I, I don't need I, and I don't or respectfully disagree, but I don't even think that who, what, when, and where is always that cut and dry. It's how you report the who, what, when, that's and true. where. That's true. Well, and that's why I say I think I think you know they say in journalism who, what, when, where, and why. But I think the sure. but I think who, what, when, and where should basically look. There was a fire. <laughs> it was on the corner of and. And but the why is where your color always comes in. I'll give you the classic example. I've told you this exa- example before, <coughs> and I, this is you can say things that are factually accurate, <coughs> but give a different perspective. So my dad for years always said, if a Russian American were in a race and the American won, mm-hmm. American papers would report that the, the American won the race, and the Russian reporters would report that the Russian guy came and the American came second to last. You know, they're both factually accurate things to say. Yeah. There's nothing, there's no, not nothing remotely untrue about either one of those statements. Right. It's the way that you report. Well, and the uh, what and a more, and a more kind of interesting, a, a more, I guess, a more, um, a historical example of that is the. Uh, I just had to look up the name, so I'm not going to pretend like I remember the name off the top of my head. But the uh, the Mountain Meadows massacre, which was for, for it was a, a massacre that was perpetrated by the. Utah militia, which was essentially um, a, a Mormon massacre, and the way that the Mormons reported it, it was more self-defense. But the way that the way that history looks at it, it was very much not self-defense. It was very much turn and shoot the person next to you, and and so I remember seeing some of the some of the recordings, that, some of the reports that came out then, and it was a very slanted history, hmm. and it does focus on who was. Sure, okay. and you can see things that are factually accurate in different ways. Okay. And that's why I always have a hard time with reporting. There is no objective journalism in my mind. But it's an interesting number. In media, yeah. I mean, we try to play into that hard. I mean, we go find personas and we completely advertise around that. I mean, yeah. already finding out how people are thinking, play into that to make money. Yeah. I mean, point. you know, like yeah, I, I, I do suppose even uh, before I sign off, uh, even with... You know, this show, you know, this is a roundtable that uh, discusses the uh, events and news of the day. And so, of course, it is all colored by what we all think about uh, what what happened this week. But I think the, the reason that I set this up the way I set it up was so that there was always more than one opinion at the table. So hopefully at the end of all this, we can try to find some common ground, some common truth. No, we're not friends anymore. It's not going to be Dr. Ben Carson, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but, you know, either way, I'm going to end this podcast in a way I end all podcasts, and that is with the toast that started it all for me. And that is, to good times with good people.